Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. How often have you asked yourself, can bees count? I know, every day, right? Well, not only are people asking, can bees count? But we wanted to know if bees count from left to right. So according to a new, I'm sorry, not a study, research, bees order numbers in increasing size from left to right. Oh, it is a study with research. All right, there you go. This is a new study shown for the first time supporting the much-debated theory. And like I said, it's I, I, I can't shut up about bees counting. The much-debated theory that this direction is inherent in all animals, including humans. We count left to right. Western research has found that even before children learn to count, they start organizing growing quantities from left to right. And that's been called the mental number line. However, the opposite direction has been found in people from cultures that use an Arabic script, which reads from right to to left so there's been recent evidence that newborn babies some vertebrae animals including primates organize numbers from left to right and this study published last week in the journal proceedings of the national academy of sciences man do i love the journal of proceedings of the national academy of sciences they want to find out that the, if the same holds true for insects. That's what you want to spend money on. You want to find out if insects count. I guess we're just assuming that, yep, they count. And B, do they count left to right or right to left? I guess it just matters you know, what country the insect is from. If they're an Arabic country, the insect is counting right to left. If they're over here in the Western countries, they're counting left to right. So this weekend, when you're around the dining room table with family and friends, and the subject comes up like it always does, hey, do bees count? You can say yes. There was a new study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences that claims bees count left to write so shut up and pass the cake welcome welcome to chewing the fat all right as long as we're talking about well insects and animals the people uh, i find this story fascinating so glacier national park in montana a fisherman's paradise hundreds of snow-fed lakes are all over the park. Uh, and so it's home to 20 species of fish, including six kinds of trout. And because it's federal land, no license is required to cast a reel. But in a warming world, which isn't really true, uh, the National Park Service is hoping to transform one of the Glacier National Park's coldest lakes into a refuge for a species of trout. But 
It's just not as simple as translocating this species into the park. No. No, we cannot do that. We can't just bring the trout in. We couldn't just, I don't know, dig a new hole, pour some cold water in, and bring in the new species of trout. We can't do that. First, first, we need to create an environment for these fish. Like, I don't know, dig a new hole and put some cold water in it. But no. What we need to do is we need to get rid of the non-native trout that currently inhabit the one lake. Oh, okay. So how are we going to do that? We're going to fish them out. We're going to throw some dynamite in there. We're going to get cast some nets, get those fish out of there. Yeah. No, what we're going to do is we're going to throw some rat poison in. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That'll be a great idea. Don't you? That's great. Sure, it's a naturally derived compound. Sure, the rotenone has been banned uh, for use on rodents since 2005. I, I mean, we still use it in fish toxin and pesticide, and widely used in pesticide. No, I didn't say pesticide wrong. It is used in pesticide, and it's probably not pronounced that way, but P-I-S-C-I-C-I-D-E. Uh, researchers have unearthed strong epidemiological, 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 amorphophallus links with Parkinson's disease. So we're going to use poison to kill one fish in order to save another. That will work out perfectly. Nothing could go wrong. Not one thing. Not one thing. You're not going to hear, oh, we didn't foresee that the poison would go down to the other lakes. We didn't foresee that. Wish someone would have told us that. So apparently, um, they've used similar methods in other areas, uh, like in the Grand Canyon. They use this. Oh, okay. So it's a little tougher in the old grand canyon because they want to protect an endangered species that only ha- that only habitat is that river oh okay now they're suggesting alternative poisons not just the rat poison rotenone <laughs> i love these dingleberries so much i they just they just drive me insane so like i'm not opposed to killing the fish like i don't care one species of trout is not going to ruin the planet sorry in our ever warming planet i know that one species of trout will be okay will be okay Uh, it's endangered so i mean oh well uh one species of trout will get by i'll i'll live with the other five i will get along we'll be fine okay okay good we've got plenty of stuff that's killing things anyway I see where yesterday test results found that forever chemicals, the PIFAs, I don't know if you, the PFAS chemicals, the polyfluoro. Amorphophallus. Yeah, no, that's not what it, that's not, that's not it though. It's polyfluoroalkyl. Yeah, that's what I said. 
exactly that's what it is uh forever chemicals in pet foods baby products pet brands like meow mix perina kibbles and bits and blue buffalo and man i love the blue buffalo saw the highest rates of concentration it's in everything from bedding to bibs to changing pads and clothing and while the piffa's coatings on the products isn't directly ingested the analysts say that eventually it gets ingested by the pets and children because the polyfluoroalkyl wears off and then it gets into your system and it gets into the dust and you're breathing it in and into the system. So these test results come months after the APA said that chemicals are more dangerous than previously thought and even hard to detect levels so maybe maybe we just i don't know fly a plane over one of the lakes in the in the uh in the glacier national park and just drop off a little polyfluoroalkyl dust and we'll get rid of the fish and we'll be good to go i mean i'm here to help so I see where earlier this week, uh, the Justice Department, uh, more government help is the Justice Department. I mean, we're getting help at the national parks, and now we're getting help from the Justice Department. They busted the first national catalytic converter theft ring. Now, we talked about the catalytic converter theft ring in Africa because they were stealing the catalytic converters for drugs right they were breaking them up and and uh, the the charcoal pieces inside they were smoking but this particular and maybe this is what these people were doing too uh there was a the catalytic converter theft ring they seized homes cars and other assets totaling 545 million dollars i need to start getting into the catalytic converter theft ring business 21 people from five states arrested for a crime that has surged beginning in the pandemic catalytic converter theft reports uh, jumped from 1298 in 2018 to 52206 in 2021 and think of that 52000 have been reported you might not even know your catalytic converter is missing i don't know maybe your check engine light comes on um uh, not sure maybe you find out once a year if you've got to get it inspected by the state you know the king wants his money but 545 million dollars worth from this one ring wow so catalytic converters contain valuable metals that because of a pandemic related shortages have skyrocketed in value over the last few years one can cost as much as two thousand dollars to replace plus they're easy to steal it takes a few minutes saw one off your car one of the defendants uh owned a new jersey auto shop that allegedly bought and resold stolen converters and he posted a photo on his on a, he posted a photo on the gram because you gotta you can't you can't be a thief without having at least your own Instagram. Uh, he's got a, a necklace with a catalytic converter pendant. <laughs> that is awesome, awesome stuff. So I mean, we have catalytic converter theft here, but we talked. I talked about the catalytic converter thefts in Africa. I was reading a story of a crime ring in africa in cape town 
where they have just stolen an entire school. All of it. Gone. Okay? They stripped the entire school brick by brick. It took them six months. They didn't care. After a while, security just left. Security was there, and then they were like, well, they just keep coming back, and they're taking stuff. So the school shut down. Kids aren't there. The crooks moved in. They took every brick, every window, every roof, every roof tile, toilets, all the plumbing, blackboards, everything. I mean, they took it down to the ground. It's just gone. That's where the school used to be. <laughs> that is terrible. Terrible. I was almost ready to say it was awesome, but it was terrible. A former school caretaker who refused to be named for fear of gang reprisals said it was a good school, but over the years, the gangs, the drug gangs took over and pupils became scared. And there was just constant vandalism and the school became run down. And then they closed it back in 2019. And I do not joke. Well, must be related to Biden. When I say the day after it was closed, the thieves moved in and stole the school brick by brick, window by window, until it was all gone. The only thing left, and I'm surprised they didn't take it, were the concrete floors where the building used to be. <laughs> now, well, they left the they left the concrete floor there because now it's just a space where they go and hang out. That's their little that's their little gang area that they hang out where the school used to be. So, do we have that problem in the U.S.? Well, not yet, but could be coming. I mean, South Africa, according to this story, has a problem in all their schools with crime, uh, arson, vandalism, theft meaning that all most of their schools in South Africa need 24-hour security cover. Uh, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, I, I was in South Africa a few years ago. It was beautiful. I was in Cape Town. It was beautiful. I could I could live there. But you don't want to live there in, you know, as the gangs take over. You want to live there over there in the in the nice part of town, you know, away from the away from the crime. I was amazed at how big uh the the shanty town is i think that's what they call it uh anyway it, it's just amazing it's how huge it was and how beautiful it was at the same time just beautiful and we and that's another place where you drive on the left hand side and not the right hand side i don't know i don't know what, how how bees count in south africa if they count left to right or right to left but you definitely drive on the left hand side of the road and we were there for couple of days two and a half days something like that because we traveled we went there with the radio show we broadcast the radio show glenn beck radio show when i was working on that show every day uh we broadcast from there and uh, so we had a driver and we drove you know you get used to driving on the old left-hand side of the road um and then the next thing you know (laughs) you're back in america driving on the right-hand side of the road again (laughs) go figure All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. (sighs) Sad news coming from CNBC. Um, Shepard Smith. Out. I know, dry your eyes. 
So they canceled his uh, his program after two years. Uh, they man, they paid him a lot of money to go to CNBC too. After he got the boot from Fox, and then he went to CNBC. They built him that whole new studio. It was really it was a nice looking studio for Shep. And in fact, I mean, I watched the show when it first started because I wanted to see what they what he was doing over there, and it was so great. I really didn't watch much after that. However. Uh, they built him a new studio, and they just they confirmed yesterday that uh, the news with Shepard Smith, uh, that in a memo to staffers, uh, saying uh, in an effort to refocus on its core business with our news audience, Smith is exiting CNBC sometime later this month. So I guess he's there for another next couple of weeks until the Thanksgiving break, and then he's done. What did they pay him? I mean, Fox was paying him like $15 million a year. He was a, a Roger Ailes guy. I mean, Roger loved him. And so he was on Fox forever. And that's a good gig, man. That was a good gig for him to get out of there. $15 million a year? <laughs> uh, so and it was reported that CNBC was only giving him 3 to $5 million a year. I don't know how he got by. I, I know. I was probably struggling. But uh, so, I mean, now he's, I hope he saves some. I hope he saves some. My favorite memory of Shep Smith when we were in New York uh, in, in the, at the Fox building when uh, Glenn was still doing his stupid Fox show. We were doing radio and Fox TV every day, and we'd go over to the Fox studios every day uh, for the TV show. They're in their building, there's you, you can walk through the front, but in the middle of the building, there's this common area that's open to the air and that's where you smoke and they've got a little coffee bar and little eating places that's where people go to smoke and i i'd cross by there as we were getting ready to go to glenn's tv show and there's shep out in the common area <sighs> smoking a butt <laughs> you know, got a cop and a lean on the side of the building just smoking a butt being shep smith it's my favorite memory of shep another fox memory of a, a star was lou dobbs uh, he used to walk by our building every night. I'd be out copping a lean out in front of our building or along the side there smoking a cigarette at the time. And uh, on uh, 42nd Avenue and uh, 43rd and 6th Avenue, I think it was, between 40, anyway, it's not 6th Avenue, a- Avenue of the Americas. Um, and I'd be out copping a lean. And every day, Lou Dobbs would walk by, or almost every day, Lou Dobbs would walk by. Now, I mean, Lou was a big star at the time. I mean, everybody knew who Lou Dobbs was, right? So he'd be walking down the street. But he always had to kept the cell phone up to his ear. So it'd be like he was talking to somebody. So everybody would leave him alone. That was it. I, I know that was his plan. Because that way nobody would talk to him. You know, because you'd, you'd see him and you'd go, you'd want to go, hey, Lou, Lou. But you'd see him talk. He always had the phone to the ear so you wouldn't bother him. Absolutely, he was never talking to anybody. I guarantee you he was never talking to anybody. No, I mean, always just walking down the street. Just keep the cell phone up to your ear lube and everybody will leave you alone. That's all. No problem. Just keep it up there. Nobody, you won't have to talk to anybody. And people, you know, you could nod once in a while, but you're busy. You're on the phone. Can't do that. Love it. It's my Lou Dobbs memory. Both surrounded by smoking. One was Shep smoking. The other was mine. Those were good days. Good times. I used to see all the stars. We were around the corner from uh, Good Morning America. It was down the street. So all the stars would come in, you know, to do the Good Morning America. 
and they would be walking in from the hotels or wherever the cars dropped them off. But in the morning, uh, going into the studios, I'd stop at, around the corner from our building, around the corner from our doorway at the building, same building, was a restaurant. But it was never open in the morning, and they had the, hang, the overhang, and uh, so it was a sushi restaurant or whatever it was there. But you'd, I could step underneath the overhang and smoke. And it was, oh, man, don't even... So good. And so if it was raining or snowing or whatever, you know, it was good. You step back in underneath the overhang and, you know, you catch a couple of butts and then you go up to work. And uh, you'd see, you know, I saw Barry Manilow. You see, I loved to see it. That's my favorite, the one morning with Barry Manilow because Barry had to stop. And he was talking to somebody. I was like, hey, Barry. I felt like I was a real New Yorker right there. I was underneath the overhang hollering at Barry Manilow smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Then I saw on my one morning I, I was out, I was there and I see Russell Crowe get out of his uh, get out of his car and he's you know throws throws his cigarette butt down. We were both smoking a butt at the time. I was a bigger fan than ever, right there. All right, I'll stop with walking down memory lane of NYC. So I saw a uh, story and the headline first caught me off guard and then I thought, well, why not? And you know, why not? People do it all the time, I guess. So the headline is: Family turns beloved dead golden retriever into a rug and i said that i was like well, i want to do that i mean i've buried dogs before in the backyard you know you're, you love them and you know they're they die and you wrap them up in a towel and you bury them out back but i don't know that i would keep this oh yeah that's the skin of fluffy i love that damn dog but you know we have bear skins and we got companies that are uh Stuffing animals. What do they call those people again? Animal stuffers? Taxidermists. Yeah, you know that. You know what I'm talking about. Animal stuffers. And, uh, you know, people have animals all the time stuffed, either their favorite animals or animals that they've killed. I mean, you look at, uh, there's a place, Conroe Taxidermy, uh, here in Texas, the largest taxiderm facility in the world, by the way. Uh, they, I mean, they're just, you, which you can go to uh, ConroeTaxidermy.com and uh, check them out that's a that's an unpaid sponsorship by the way uh but it, i don't know if they would turn your animals into rugs i'm guessing they would uh if you wanted fluffy if you wanted fluffy turned into a rug i'm guessing that they would do that for you i mean i had an uncle that had so many animals stuffed man i mean he he hunt, hunted all over the world and he had bears deer and elk I mean, beavers and just incredible. I mean, a little weird. I mean, I liked them. I liked I liked his separate show off building that he built with all his animals. You know, I liked that. I was raised with you know deer heads hanging on the wall. I wish I still had my deer head hanging on the wall. It was a beautiful big deer head with you know with the horns. It's awesome. I don't have that anymore. I don't have any dead animals hanging on my walls anymore. Very disappointed. However. Uh, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I'd want the pet dog as a rug. It seems a little small, first of all. And do you want to take a picture of your, you take a picture of some little baby? Oh, look, she's so cute. She's laying on what used to be fluffy. I don't know that I want that. I'm, I, I just, you know, I realize it's cleaned and tanned and all that. I got it. I just feel like, well, I feel like no. 
<laughs> That's a cute looking little rug, though. But no. You can reach out to the show by emailing chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Many of you do. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. I have a blue check mark as of today. I don't know. Elon may you know, kick that to the curb unless I pay him money. Could be holding my blue check mark for hostage soon. But uh, as of right now, at JeffyJFR, still verified Twitter account. Uh, I know that Elon's got other things on his mind. I mean, he's firing a bunch of people. They're suing him uh, for, you know, not giving him enough time. You didn't sell us. You were going to fire us uh, long enough time. Shut up. Get out of here. So, uh, you know, maybe he'll lay off the the blue check marks for a little while. and I won't have to make that decision. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at JeffyJFR. Facebook is Jeff Fisher Radio. no, Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio, too. Instagram and Facebook are Jeff Fisher Radio. At JeffyJFR is Twitter and Cameo. If you would like a Cameo, you can just hit me up on Cameo, and that costs money. But I'll be nice, mean, whatever you want. Just hit me up on Cameo. So uh, I got an email from Jesse. Speaking of emails, do chewing the fat at theblaze.com. Uh, Jesse sent me an email. Judy Tenuta died. October 6th this year of ovarian cancer. She was 72. Sadly, she had no children. Don't know. I didn't hear you mention her on who died. I, I, and if I missed it, I'm sorry. He did apologize saying that if he missed it, he's sorry. First of all, just let me say, well, if you've listened to every show, it's not possible that you've missed it, right? So that means you haven't listened to every show. What do you think you're doing with your life? Okay. Pay attention to the shows when you're listening. Two, uh, you didn't miss it because I didn't do it. I, I would remember doing Judy Tenuta. So I apologize to you, Jesse, and I apologize to all the fans of Judy Tenuta, and I apologize to Judy Tenuta herself. Uh, I didn't do Who Died Today? Who Died Today? Judy Tenuta. Well, not today, but October 6th. Judy Tenuta, uh, dead uh, at 72. Uh, very sad. Uh, yeah, I remember Judy. I mean, she was a comedian and, you know, funny and had the accordion and, uh, you know, funny. Anyway, uh, very sad that she uh, that she passed away. And you can, you know, check her out at judytenuda.com, which is still up and running. I'm not sure if we're going as she's looking for, you know, cash money, but maybe she is. Anyway, Judy Tenuta, dead at the age of 72. We also lost Ray Guy. Ray Guy, dead, very sad. And you say to yourself, wait, who's Ray Guy? Who's Ray Guy? Only the Hall of Fame NFL punter. Hello? He's 72. I mean, he re, he made punting, punting in the NFL. You, you were, he made kicking, kicking. You could quote me on that, by the way. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's a punter. Now, he might be the only punter in the Hall of Fame. Although I think Pat McAfee has been nominated to go into the Hall of Fame. But is Pat McAfee really a Ray guy? I, mean, I like Pat McAfee. I like the show. 
Uh, you know, but is he actually, was he actually, I mean, he punted in the league, what, eight years? How long, I think McAfee was in the league for seven or eight years. Ray Guy, you know, he was only in the league for eight years, too. I thought he was in the league longer. But according to this, he was in the league with the Raiders for, yeah, it says here eight years. So, and, well, you know, he was with the Raiders, a three-time Super Bowl champion, so he was highlighted from Southern Mississippi. Uh, so he's been, he was battling, uh, uh, he was battling an illness, uh, and, uh, he finally passed away. Ray Guy, Hall of Fame punter, uh, dead at the age of 72. Also, who died today? I didn't say that, uh, Adam Zimmer died, another NFL guy. And the only thing interesting about Adam Zimmer dying, and I mean, obviously I don't want anyone to die. I hope everyone lives forever. But Adam Zimmer, 38 years of age, just rolled over and died. Huh. Huh. He played in the NFL, or I mean he coached in the NFL. So he most likely was was vaccinated. So that couldn't have anything to do with it. See, we brought this up yesterday. Stop looking at me like that. Don't even say it out loud. All right, I know what you're thinking now, and just shut up. Because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have anything to do with it. He's 38. You know how old you feel at 38. You're going to drop over dead. That's just what happens. I mean, so Adam Zimmer, rest in peace, dead at 38. They said foul play wasn't expected. They just found him in the house. Oh, I mean, it happens to 38-year-olds every day. So how about you shut up with your little conspiracy ideas, okay? And then John McVay died, another football guy. I couldn't. I was watching uh, uh, the NFL game on Prime last night, a little bit of Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans, and Philadelphia 8-0, by the way. Oh, and, and speaking of Houston, I mean, they won the World Series game, too. They're up 3-2. and two. We're coming back to Houston, baby. Houston's looking like they're going to win it. Remember the other night, I thought I thought Philly was going to win it. Philly knocked them out 7 nothing. They were dinging home runs all night. I thought it was over. I thought it was over. Uh-uh. Houston said, not so fast, fat man. We're winning the next game, and we're coming back to Houston, okay? We're not letting Philly win this thing in Philly. We're going back to Houston. We're going to fight this thing out. Okay. You got me. And I think, uh, if I remember right, and this is just me off the top of my head, uh, if I remember right, if I remember hearing on local sports radio, uh, 80% of the time that a team has three wins, or maybe it was three and two, I don't know the fact, I don't know the whole actual thing. Just know that if you have three wins, you're probably going to win the World Series. Okay, so shit. <laughs> so that's the that's the t- statistic. If you got three wins, you're probably going to win the World Series. So it looks like uh, uh, Houston is going to make that happen. Anyway, John McVeigh. So I'm watching Prime, and they go through the death roll on Prime: John McVeigh, Adam Zimmer, and Ray Guy, because they're all football guys. I thought all these guys died. Who died today? First of all, I'd like to remind Prime that who died today is my bit. Okay? Don't be don't be stealing my bits. Okay? I notice all the shows 
in America now. I'm not doing one today. Uh, I don't have a contestant today to do what's the lie. But I will say that I've noticed almost every major show in America now does a similar game show bit like what's the lie. So I just want to say you're welcome. So anyway, John McVay, a key figure in making the 49ers uh, dynasty, the San Francisco 49ers. He was a coach. He was he's Sean McVay, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams right now. His grandfather uh, died at 91 years of age. So John McVay, dead at 91. So yesterday I mentioned that, uh, you know, we talked about the Washington Commanders uh, being up for sale and that I was going to give it to Byron Allen, right? Because he was African-American. He's trying to put together a a team to buy the Commanders, which is going to be, I don't know, five or six billion dollars. Who knows what they're going to pay for that stupid team. And I thought, well, he's in. He's African-American. NFL is going to make that happen, right? Well, not so fast. Because uh, then, right after I got done recording the show, I see where Jeff Bezos is teaming up with Jay-Z to buy the Washington Commanders. So uh, Byron Allen is going to have to move in with Jeff and Jay-Z and maybe say, all right, well, you know, it could be equal partners. What do you say? Or Jay-Z and Jeff, because you're not going to outbid Bezos, right? I mean, it's his team, it's cash money-wise. But you know the NFL wants to have an African-American owner. So and that's why I was giving it to Byron Allen, but... You know, you got Jay-Z. Ugh. Just good good for him. You know what? Congratulations. I mean it. With you and I guess they're, they're, they're in talks together because Jeff knows. I'll just put Jay-Z in front and he'll have my money. It'll be my team. But he could be the owner. I mean, it'll be my team. But he could be the owner. Yeah, but Jeff, he's the owner. Yeah, I know. I know. But let's not forget whose money he's using, okay? Because Jay-Z is worth what? Jay-Z's not worth... Is Jay-Z worth more than three, four billion? We've got to look that up. Yeah, he's like 1.3 billion. Bezos has lunch money, 1.3 billion. Stop it. He's got Jay-Z, has to partner up. So it wouldn't be bad to partner up. Again, that's a good move for him to partner up with, with Bezos because you're not outbidding... Jeff. Jeff doesn't need a team of investors. Jeff can go, yeah, I'll take that. What do you want for it? Six billion? <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jay-Z's my partner. He's in on it. Jay-Z, give me a couple thousand. All right, you're in. Get out of here. I mean, that's what's going to happen. Anyway. I actually just got some sad news. I just looked up how much Byron Allen was worth. And he's only worth $450 million. So he's got to be putting together a team and hope to get between Bezos and Jay-Z. Oh, honey, no. That's not going to happen. We'll sell you, you know, we'll give you a deal on a suite at the stadium. Okay, but no, honey, you're not going to be part of the ownership team. Sorry. No. Plus, it looks like uh, maybe Jeff is thinking ahead. I see where Amazon is pausing hiring for its corporate workforce. Huh wonder why that couldn't be anything to do with the economy. 
No, that's because Jeff needs a little extra cash to buy the commanders, right? Yeah, that's got to be it. Lyft, cutting 13% of its workforce. Dapper Labs. I mean, you, I love Dapper Labs, the NFT company behind uh, the top shot. Top shot, right? Yeah, for the NBA. Uh, is laying off 22% of its workforce. Huh. But uh, then we had the big one that's laying off 14% of its workforce. Stripe, man. You love Stripe, right? I mean, it's the Silicon Valley payments giant. Uh, I know. I know. So Stripe uh, was the you know shining star, the COVID fintech wave, and they had a big startup, and now they're like, eh, the, the head guy, uh, Patrick Colson is the billionaire guy. He said, yeah, you know, we're probably too much optimistic, eh, a little bit too optimistic about the growth of the internet economy really is that you think so remember in march 2021 every retailer was expanding its online shopping business yeah remember patrick they were doing that because the government closed the stores remember that patrick it wasn't people just deciding oh hey you know let's shop online it was people remember you made us stay in our houses Remember the government, you know, the people that you love so much made all the people lock down. Remember that? When we just didn't decide to start shopping online, it was more like, hey, if you want something, you have to order it this way. Remember that, Patrick? Maybe you were a little too optimistic. Maybe. Uh, you know, but what do I know? You're the billionaire. I'm not. So I guess, you know, your error in judgment was, you know, just a mistake. I know. So I got it. And the economy's fine anyway. Sure, first time home buyers just hit an all time low. Yeah, because, uh, you know, mortgage rates are so high, sure. Uh, 26% of all homeowners closed on their first house in the year that ended in 2022. That's a drop 34% from the previous year. Uh, and so, according to the National Association of Realtors, and you can't be a realtor unless you're affiliated with the National Association of Realtors. Uh, plus, the age of first-time home buyers rose to a record high, 36, and the group's racial diversity declined. Oh, no. That means 36-year-old white people were buying. That's it. Oh, man. We are in big trouble. Look, the economy, we're in a, we're in a recession right now, as it is. I know this, uh, you know, I know our president, Joseph Robinette Biden, he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't want to call it a recession. He wants to wait and blame it on the Republicans once they lose next week in the elections. Okay. All right. So we're guessing. I mean, they believe they're going to lose. It's weird. I'm torn. I'm torn between them believing they're going to lose and get their ass kicked to, well, the fix is in and they don't really care. And they're laying the groundwork so that when they say they won, we don't, we can't fight it because that's election deniers you're election deniers you're a threat to the country being an election denier so shut up i feel like i'm torn between that between they know they're going to get their ass kicked to they know they've got the fix in so not sure what that's going to be and then i see where stephen moore wrote his big article on uh biden's destroying the nation is it intentional uh, i don't know yeah, it's intentional. Duh. Dismantle the nation's energy supply. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, don't enforce the border. Yeah. Devalue the nation's currency through inflation. Yeah. Destroy the nation's finances by running up the debt by multiple trillions of dollars. Yeah. Divide rather than unite the nation. Yeah. Dumb down the indoctrinate our children with anti-American propaganda in schools and media. Yeah. Decriminalize a whole bunch. Yeah. So it seems to me that you've answered your own question, Stephen Moore. Yeah, that might have been the point of the article, though. Oh, and I need to say uh, welcome back home to Paul Pelosi. He's home from the hospital now. Uh, I didn't see him going into the house, but he's home. Uh, We can break down that whole Pelosi story. It's just an incredible story. Uh, It will be ongoing for quite some time. And, uh, you know, we'll find out what we believe, what we don't believe. You know, I was on uh, with uh, uh, Brad Staggs on Mojo Five O in the mornings or whatever he calls his stupid show. And, and uh, we, that's how, you know, we broke down the, the Paul Pelosi story. So maybe we'll do that next week as well on the uh, Mojo Five O mornings with Brad. And we'll break down more of the Paul story because more comes out every day. Anyway, he's home from the hospital. So good news on that front. And I see, I didn't realize this. There were 25,000. It seems like there should be a lot more than this. But according to this, there were 25,000 comments submitted to the FAA after it requested input about the size of airplane seats. I mean, we talked about them requesting the input. And I just figured, you know, they're either going to get inundated or nobody's going to do it. I feel like 25,000 is nobody's doing it. But... There's still, you know, there's still a lot of comments. So they're facing heat from passengers and lawmakers. The agency is now considering setting a minimum size seat for the sake of passenger health and safety. So the FAA can just do that. We make the rules and we're now the airlines have to comply with how big the seats are. Okay. All right. So according to House Democrats, the average width of an airplane seat has shrunk from the 70s used to be 18 inches 18 inches is now 16.5 inches today now at the time that we are shrinking airline seats passenger seats are not shrinking okay passenger seats are getting bigger we know that well humans are getting bigger i don't mean to say people are getting fat <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop with that. I'm talking about human size is bigger. So what are they going to do? Are they going to take it back to 18? I doubt it. I wonder how many seats that is on an airplane uh, that it equals out to. I, I, I don't work for United or Delta, but I'm guessing that, uh, what, what is that, uh, 17.5? An inch and a half. An, inch and, an extra inch and a half means a lot. That's what she said. Anyway, the extra inch and a half. I don't know how many seats that equals to, right? You're talking about three rows. Uh, you have two two rows of three all the way back. And so if you cut an inch and a half out, well, first of all, you're going to find another inch and a half. Anyway, you're going to, uh, uh, is that, how many seats is that? That's a lot of money to the airlines. And they've already lost a bunch. And do we care that the airlines are going to lose another a seat on an airline or two do do you care about that 
Well, we have to restructure the planes, Jeff, so it's not just one or two seats. You're talking about restructuring the entire thing, and we're talking about the possibility of losing maybe 10 seats an airplane. Now, I have not done the math, and I don't know how many seats they would lose or gain by making seats smaller. They've already looked at We've seen where they looked at sitting on little stools. They've looked at having seats up above on top of each other so you would, you know, the person on top is better, so you'd have the guy's ass or the lady's ass right in your face. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I, I just want to go on record. I'm opposed to that. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, I, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to get the bunk seats, I want the bunk on the top. Okay? But <laughs> that's just me. But, I, you know, it's fascinating that we're back to this. Just make the seats bigger. I mean, I realize that they don't have, you don't have to have make them first-class seats. You don't have to make them business-class seats. But you can make them a tad more comfortable and you know it and you're already you already have us by the by the fat by uh whatever you say goes so we can't be angry about anything on the airplane so just make the seats a little bit bigger please does that work when you ask nice like that after you tell them they're terrible please yeah that works okay good hey don't forget uh, if you're listening live, today is the 4th of November, 2022. So you got to get up at 2 a.m. on the 6th, Sunday, to change your clocks, fall back. And you've got to uh, realize that Monday could quite possibly be my last podcast because I'm going to hit the Powerball at $1.50 billion, 700 some million dollar cash value. When that happens, I mean... I love you. I'll be back here on Monday, but that's going to be it. Dry your eyes. Dry your eyes. No, I hope it's going to be you. I hope it's going to be you. I don't really, though. I mean, I'm hoping it's me, but good luck. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.